Welcome to episode 90 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Finn. And it's bonus time once again. Yes. We get them out there to you, all these extra reviews, because we have amazing fans all over the world. And they ask for things and they get them. That is correct, Lady Phantom. This goes out to LaMarcus from Lansing, Michigan, who stated that Ben Foster is one of his favorite actors. A little teaser here. He's in this (laughs) movie. Also, he hasn't bought this disc yet, but totally intends to because of Ben Foster. Hopefully you held off. Maybe not. But you're going to hear our review and whether this 4K disc is worth that money. So let's get this rolling with episode 90. From 2013, we are covering Lone Survivor. Runs for just about two hours, is rated R, and is listed in four genres, action, biography, drama, and war. I think that's fine. Perfect genres there, Lady Phantom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, who stars in this film? Mark Wahlberg, Taylor Kitsch, Ben Foster, Emil Hirsch, And Eric Bana. Who directed this one? Peter Berg. Do you know this guy? He directed later on Deepwater Horizon and Patriot's Day also with Mark Wahlberg. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's got some war cred, huh? Yeah, and like... (laughs) Even though that wasn't war, but... Based on true stories, things, I think, and the stuff that Mark Wahlberg wants to do. Okay, what does that little plot summary say? Marcus Luttrell and his team set out on a mission to capture or kill notorious Taliban leader Ahmad Shah in late June 2005. Marcus and his team are left to fight for their lives in one of the most valiant efforts of modern warfare. Pretty detailed sentence there. Yeah. Covers the movie. Yeah. (laughs) This is a really simple movie, which you know I like. I don't like these really involved ones usually that go into so many subplots, but this is straightforward. It starts with this military man in a helicopter. He's all bruised and damaged up all over his body. It's like they're resuscitating him, and then they state three days earlier, It goes to present time in the movie 
where they're in a barracks over in Afghanistan, a bunch of military Navy SEALs people, and they get this mission. They have found the general area that this Taliban leader is, and they state they want to get this guy. He's a notorious killer, and they separated into two factions, basically. Four of them head out earlier to monitor the situation, and then reinforcements are supposed to come in once they make contact. Yep. So what we get is the four lead characters in this movie, Wahlberg, Kitsch is his name, uh-huh. Hirsch, and Ben Foster. They're the Navy SEALs, and they find this guy pretty soon thereafter in this movie, and they just got to stay put until the backup comes in and decides what they do. It was interesting because Mark Wahlberg actually had a shot at the guy early on in this movie, but he states that we can't do this. They have no authority. And he's not the leader of the four. That is the Kitsch guy. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch plays Michael Murphy. Right, is a commander, I think. Yeah, I don't know about his exact title, but he is or a leader. Or staff sergeant or yeah, something. Yeah, he's in charge there. Right. One thing I missed when they were describing what they're going to do, the commander of their barracks was Eric Banner. Yes. So he's the one that clues them in on what's going to happen, what their mission is. Once they get there, they have to check in every so often to make sure everything's going all right. This is where the story diverges a little bit. They're there monitoring the guy. They fall asleep, and up pops some goat farmers, I want to say, Lady Phantom. They come up into the mountains where they are, and they're unaware till they get on top of them. Yeah, it's uh, the goat herder and two kids. I mean, one little kid. And one teenager. teenager. Right. And this is a little bizarre. Now, this is going to go to one of my big faults in this movie, but I'm going to save it now. Somebody's supposed to be on a lookout, and this, we know this is a biography. We stated it. And here's where the liberal things come in. And I'm going to talk about more on this story soon. <laughs> Very soon, actually. But I'll leave it at the story now. But they're running, you know. They capture these three people, make them stay put. They're not screaming, so they're not made aware of by all the Taliban that's down in the mountains there. Uh Uh-huh. They have dialogue amongst the four of them and decide what to do. This is a pivotal moral dilemma I want to state here, some of the guys want to kill them, tie them up, maintain their orders. Other ones want to let them go. And what is your opinion on this section here, Lady Phantom, how this initial contact came about? I think that was a very hard moment because doing the right thing was very hard like when the what is the right thing 
That's this exactly the thing. Well, yeah, but those were not soldiers. Not that they were aware of. One of them thought they was. Yeah, they, they said that the teenager might have been... Uh, I mean, he actually, one of them says this is a soldier, but he really wasn't, but he was on Are the other sure side. Are you sure he wasn't? No, I'm not positive. But if he was, why was well, he the movie with the, alludes with to the him being. He was just on the other, or he, with the other way of thinking. Like, that's it. Not that he himself was a soldier, because then he wouldn't have been there in the first place. I, I think it was a very, very hard decision to make. Retrospectively, do you think it was the right decision? No. Right. Okay. They got these three people there, and they have to make a decision. We're going to say it. It's not a spoiler. It's about what this whole movie becomes, basically. They let them go. And they decide to go up into the mountains, to go far away, to cancel the mission and wait for backup to get picked up and to replan, basically. Yeah, regroup. Right. So this is when you find out that the one teenager, they don't show him telling the Taliban, but soon thereafter, the Taliban's after them. Yeah, you know he will because they do make a point of showing him like going as fast as he can. Right. So you know what he's going to do. Plus the, the the looks that he was giving them if looks could kill. Wow. I mean, he was looking at them with hatred in his eyes. Right. This is when they come under attack from the Taliban. And the leader there, the Kitsch character he wants to rest and the guys are telling him this is not a good spot because they got binoculars and all this type stuff and just out of the blue pretty much they start looking around and they see some rustling through the trees and stuff and they see one guy and mark Wahlberg takes a sharpshooter shot at him because they don't know how many of them are there and it's basically the whole Taliban in that area are after him. Yeah. Dozens and dozens. They never say how many, but it's dozens. That is one thing also. When they do get to the area they think he is, he supposedly only had like four to six infantry around this Taliban leader. They come to find out there's more... They said army in the movie. <laughs> it was no army, but there was more than what they were led to believe back at the military base, what they thought. They said like four to six. Well, there was dozens there. Yeah. They never really showed an overarching thing. They just they, keep popping up. Yeah, they just panned around the area because we're out in the middle of the desert mountainous area here. This is no populated area. They're like in a little... Um, community or something mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and but there's more of them and i'll just say dozens a couple dozens because they do a quick pan but this is when we get all the action for the rest of the movie it's these four men fighting for their lives and we have a lot of the war stuff going on here with hand grenades and rifle shots and all sorts of stuff 
and they're just trying to survive till they get help from the military one key thing that happens to them is they cannot get a signal a satellite signal back to the base yeah they need to go to higher ground right and everywhere they try they just can't communicate with the military there and they're supposed to check in i think it's every 12 hours well it ends up going they missed one check-in then it's two then it's three and when it gets to the third part eric banna calls his commander which is like a general or something and they're like this part of the movie i'm like it was like why are you calling me the general was asking you do your mission why are you reaching out to me yeah that was and banna was kind of deterred there but you know it's the military you go up the chain of command and he's told to do it so they gotta hunker down and wait to try to get in contact with these people yeah that was jarring (laughs) and don't forget that they actually did try to communicate but in a normal cell phone something like that right but it lost signal yeah because they're in the middle of nowhere so they got sat phones but for some reason where they are they just can't get a connection i am going to jump up a little here because we can't talk about much more one guy does eventually get a hold of them and they are aware sort of what's going on they just know there's chaos because he doesn't say much the guy that's there and they know they got to get out there so all the seals the higher ups they all head out to the area because they know something went awry yeah they they take two helicopters right so basically the mission is scrapped now it's a recovery mission to get these men out okay a lot of war footage here for the rest of the movie there comes a time in the movie and i do want to cover this lady phantom when some or one of the seals gets help from the natives there yes from a local tribe Tribe or something yeah and they do pop it up at the end that they're commanded by their tribal order to help anybody that's in disarray or something they say yeah it's called the pashtun code of life and as i came to know when i read it's actually something that is a basis of islam that they are they have this code in which they are compelled to protect a guest against anything and everything even and even if it uh, endangers their own lives right and this is a really hard thing to achieve because they don't speak english of course and the military don't know the intentions and are wondering all through this scenario here now (laughs) the title of this movie is a fault it's a spoiler (laughs) yes now we're not going to say who or what but it's a terrible title of a movie i mean that's one thing that really bothers me with movies lady phantom is when you know the outcome of something yeah that you're unaware of it's like the movie that 
I really like with Mark Wahlberg, funnily enough. The he's perfect in storm? The perfect storm. I never knew that story, but it was a popular story mm-hmm. in history and stuff with mm-hmm. longshoremen. Did they and write a book and, and everything? Stuff. Well, it was just a well known story just at the time this happened because it was the perfect storm where all these systems collided. Uh And I wasn't aware of that. That made that movie so much more enjoyable to me. And punchy. Than my friend who went with me to at the theater at the time. He didn't spoil it for me, thank God. But he told me right after, he's like, oh, I knew how this ended. So it had way more of an impact to me because I had no idea who was going to survive, what was the outcome of getting these swordsmen back and stuff like this. And this, you know, by the opening scene, and I stated at the Phantom, I'm like, okay, this is one they're going back. And I'm going to mention another one of my favorite movies, but it is hitting from you. It's Carlito's Way. It starts just like this. Al Pacino's character, Carlito, is on a gurney and he's being revived and then it goes back three weeks later you have no idea if he survives what's going on what the lifespan of the other characters are in the movie and stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah so this is a criticism to me in this movie i don't like to know what's gonna happen in a movie that i'm unaware of this might have been a big thing back in 2005 six when this story came out if you was watching the news you was watching certain type of things maybe and there was a special in 60 minutes in like 2012 or something about this Mm -hmm. but if you're unaware i think that takes something away from the enjoyment of the movie when you know what's going to happen and it's just like phantom it's like horror movies when you get a slasher, when you get 10 people involved. Yes, there's cliches. You know pretty much who's going to die, but you really don't. And there's been some big twists on that. But movies like this, it's like, okay, let, let's just get to the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if the biography book is called Lone Survivor. It is. Maybe it is. It is. Okay, so they, I do agree that they should have definitely named it something different. And maybe they just went with the idea, well, everybody knows about the story. Well, guess what? They don't because people will continue to watch this movie in history and they will not know what's right. going on. Right, and in and my opinion, it shouldn't have started exactly. with him in the helicopter. That shouldn't have been in there. It should have went right to the training which they don't show any training montage. But funnily enough, when they're popping credits up in the beginning, they show a little training. And actually, the original four men are in some of those pictures. Yes. And uh, you know what? That even if they had begun like that, because they don't really make clear in that scene if he survives or he doesn't, if they had just changed the title. I mean, it, it would have made a whole lot of difference. I think change the title and delete that scene. There's no need for that to start there. No, 
Absolutely none whatsoever. None. They could have went right to the training and the exercise and then into the mission because this is a long movie. It doesn't drag for a two-hour movie. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. It yeah. gets moving quick enough, I'd say. Yeah, we were like, we're going to start it and we end up watching the whole thing right. and we were interested. Because about 45 minutes in is when all the action happens and then it doesn't let up from there basically (laughs) yeah so there's a lot going on there all right technicals times a lot to talk in technicals in this movie first is the stunt work lady phantom oh my there is some incredible falls down mountains in this movie that was all practicals done by stuntmen none of the actors of course yeah and i don't know if you read that one of the stuntmen actually ended up hospitalized oh yeah well wait till you see this scene (laughs) it's like how did they survive that stunt work all the way around was flawless with the shooting falling wounds all sorts of stuff was totally brilliant it was and that's gonna lead us into the camera work too and i want to say the editing department and stuff like that because how some of these scenes were shot lady phantom it felt so real like it's so hard to get a real life scene someone toppling 100 foot down a mountain and looks real like they didn't pan way away from this scene they actually go close up and then you see the speed these bodies are like i'm sure with trickery they sped up certain things but it looked so amazing and they load others yes oh yeah i mean oh when uh, backs were getting crunched (laughs) i know yeah and and Yes, and at some points in those falls, they managed to... I mean, I don't know how they did that, but you could see the faces of the actors here and there as they were falling, like, in a close-up. That camera work was incredible. And the editing, to make it believable that it was the actual actors that were doing this, when we know they weren't. Exactly. I mean, Now, this leads us to... Acting. No, the makeup. (gasps) wow Greg you want to see some wounds and stuff and gouges all through this movie once the war footage starts they're always got wounds broken bones all sorts of damage on their bodies and faces uh. and gunshot wounds and how about oh i can't say i almost spoiled something well one of the navy seals gets shot in the head yeah. And oh my God, this scene was heartbreaking, actually. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this Greg Nick, Gregory, because now he goes by Gregory, or he did back then anyway. Greg Nicotero outdid himself with this. It's That makeup was out of this world. Yes. Good. And if you don't know, he's the big horror guy, practical effects, one of the well. Yeah, Walking ones. Dead. Mm-hmm. But he's done a lot of other type of movies. Yeah, but I first noticed him there because it, at, at least season one, that I, what I saw was amazing. Oh, yeah. He had been around way before uh-huh. that in horror movies. Yeah, well, I've seen that. And uh, no, it's it's incredible. That makeup and the wounds and the way the, the wounds uh, evolve to, like, you can see their faces, the way they are swollen. It just looks so natural oh, and, and so real. and the and the dirtiness. Like, it's 
heartbreaking at times and done so well so realistic that you really feel because like you said you know the outcome of this movie so it's it's about the journey really and but that you have no surprise though and that's where i'm going to be coming down basically on this movie because all the technicals are out of this world this movie was nominated in the sound department and i did miss from lamarcus because he stated this during his request that he had heard the sound was very good i'm not sure if he was mentioning the sound effects or music i think he was talking about the music because that's what it was nominated for soundtrack like score and production design something like production of the music things like that when the cues kick in there's Mm. this i want to say sad military song that you heard that's Mm -hmm. played throughout this movie but there's a lot of somber scores in this okay you know with the military style like you know this is a military movie oh yeah but it's not in your face it's not like uh-huh. top gun or something well <laughs> 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 yeah that's true now can we talk about the acting you don't want to just talk about the music real first because it to me it isn't that great it's just there there and it's effective and that's it honestly okay acting i just want to say mark Wahlberg should have limited himself to producing this i mean he's not bad and i actually like him but he is like uh he, he just stands out like a sore thumb in this movie he is not that great i don't think in a in a cast where the others are amazing oh that's a tough one i wasn't expecting that out of phantom's I mean, mouth he's okay you know i like mark Wahlberg. yes and i do too but he's always himself i do not like his hairstyle on this movie well that was not his fault it was his fault because no. it's a silly flat looking almost like bangs he's got yeah but, I mean, but no no because that that also goes to the design and, and all of that. You but could he tell. doesn't look nothing like the real guy. Well, that's And true. the real guy's 6'5", and Mark Wahlberg's 5'7", at best, or 5'8". <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the point was what I got. They were supposed to look like they've lived in this place for a time, and they don't really have... Uh, reason or a situation in which you know grooming themselves is an option they are all wearing beards and unkempt and their hair is long and everything so i mean mark Wahlberg was having this look because that's the way they would have looked his hair wasn't long at all his hair was long no it was compared to you know that very short hair his hair was long Err, I thought. But the point was that I don't blame him for that because they were not supposed to look very well groomed. I'm not saying looking groomed or dirty. I don't, it's just not a style that suits him, his hair. In that this movie. is true. That is true. But then again, psh, whatever. I mean, all the others have some curl in their hair and some waves. It's thicker, it's bushier. And he, as you know, he don't have a big head of hair in real life. 
mm-hmm. and it's almost like he should be doing Rogaine commercials or something. <laughs> and it, it was just looked fake to me, that hairstyle. That's all. Well, but, yeah. but on to the yeah. acting. So you sprung that on me. I mean, I, mean, I didn't mind him. He was fine. But the thing is that I thought all the others were so much better than him that he was just, it, it, it fell to me. Like, he was just there because he wanted to make the movie, and he produced it, and he wanted to start it. Oh, and so by we're the back way, to that. <laughs> yeah. It's just so obvious. And and he's in... I don't think he's even the star of the movie. I think that the most important guy in this movie is Taylor Kitsch. I mean, this... Uh, you said that you don't know how important this has been. There, the, there's the sport CrossFit. There is a CrossFit exercise thing that was made after that guy, Michael Murphy. I mean, he is historically and biographically and and in this scope of things, he is a very important figure. I see that, but what Mark Wahlberg's character was, he was the voice of reason, maybe I could put it, of the four. He's the one who didn't want to capture them and torture them and all sorts of stuff he was speaking more to morality because there was a time in this movie when he's like hey don't you remember what happened to these soldiers when they did something you're going to end up in leavenworth or something like he thought about what was going to happen more than the others the other ones were more what you think gung-ho military men are murphy wasn't he was actually he's in, the leader one he's a leader yes one. he was more on Wahlberg's side but he's the one who had to make the decision had to listen to the ones too true and uh they i read on imdb that actually you know how in the movie at some point he he says the line this is not a vote this is what's gonna happen in real life it was actually a vote with murphy um murphy and Wahlberg's character voting for letting them go uh, the Ben Foster character voting to kill them. And the other one, I don't remember what he voted for, but it was a vote, which was unusual in the military, right? Because in the military, well, normally you, it happens like it did in the movie. You could see, though, Lady Phantom, I don't know how accurate they portrayed it, but you could see that none of them really wanted to make the decision as you know in the military you learn it early on you got to go through the chain of command you can't do things you want to do it's got to be approved each level up and every one of them even though they each one wanted to do something different like they all understood yes that no we can't do this so they didn't seem like you know they had been in the military decades even though most of them were in their 30s so you figure they had to been in there 10 years or so at least yeah like it was a very very i think hard moment in the movie and i do want to say lamarcus i agree with you ben foster is so good and in actually i think he might have just been the best one in this movie I will say yes to that about Ben Foster because I didn't know this guy until Hell or High Water, which was another one of his picks. Mm -hmm. 
he's way better in this than in that movie. Yeah, I I've mean, seen uh, him in what quite... call it was the standout in that. What's yes, his name? Uh, um, Jeff Bridges, wasn't Jeff it? Jeff Bridges, oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, the first time I saw Ben Foster was in X-Men. So it was a while ago. But I've liked him ever since. And in this movie, he was so intense. All right, let's fantastic. wrap this up with ratings and recommendations. To me, this is a 7 out of 10. And the problem I have with a lot of these biographical movies, and it makes sense, it's entertainment, it's movie studios, they take liberties where you know things didn't happen that way. These characters fall down mountains twice, and I don't care what the actual... I don't think nobody knows the actual story. This one survivor lived. That's all we have to go by is one point of view. It was written many years after this happened, and as we know in life, you forget things you did last week. So... It's an embell. Even his story is an embellishment, and he was the one there. So the recreation is never going to be that good unless you got a horde of people that witnessed the same things. But some of the scenes in here, there's just no way these people would have been getting up and continuing to fight with what happens. It's a movie. I get it. But when it's a biography, I want to learn in these type of movies. I want to know the true facts. And I'm going to say one of the true facts. One of the lead characters gets injured and then has to limp. In real life, the guy was paralyzed from the waist down and chest. had to crawl. Chest. Or the chest down and <laughs> had to crawl. I mean, put that in the movie. I want to see that. You don't have to put it in like for nine hours or something like apparently. I mean, this movie takes place over three days, the real events, five days. That's fine when they modify something like that. But some crucial aspect and some of these things that actually happen, nobody will ever know the actual true story. We just got one person's account, basically. Yeah. And then when he goes to the people that helped him, they can talk about that type stuff. So that is more accurate than the stuff previous, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and even if the recount of the person were completely and 100% realistic, you know that the studio or the director or the writer or whoever does this is going to take liberties. And that is disheartening. So to me, that's where I'm criticizing. I mean, it is because you want to know what happened. But the technicals are off the charts here in every facet. I didn't really feel the Mark Wahlberg did a bad job. I do think Ben Foster and the Kitsch guy was better. They were more engaging to watch. For some reason, Wahlberg seemed a little toned down here. And maybe that's how the real guy acted. I don't know. But it's a 7 out of 10. It's a rental. I don't think I'd watch this again, but it's really good for technicals. What do you got? I want to make clear that it's not that I think that Mark Wahlberg was bad in this. No. But, I mean, I've seen Mark Wahlberg in so many things. 
And there always comes a point when he makes a face or something that I've seen a thousand times before because he tends to play himself a lot. This was maybe better than the average of his movies as for acting, but he was still way inferior to the others, especially Ben Foster and Taylor Kitsch. And Emil Hirsch was really good too. I remember a, a scene where he was looking at a wound and his eyes, it was, you could see the shock in his eyes and he couldn't believe what was happening. And it was amazing to watch. But yeah, I mean, this is one movie. I mean, I would watch it again, you know, but it's not like I would pursue it. So I don't know. I think this is a 7.5 out of 10 and it is a rental. Okay, 4K time. But before that, Lady Phantom, just very quick, I've read some reviews of people <laughs> saying this is the next best thing to save in Private Ryan, and, and that's just blasphemous. So they haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, probably. Oh, there's a lot. Full Metal <laughs> Jacket. There's so many great war movies in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I mean, and but this to is compare good. this to a movie that is a masterpiece, is no. a little bit overboard, but the technicals were off the chart here. Uh, we just had problems with the story and Phantom with Wahlberg, but it's a good movie. I don't... It is. You know, I think everybody should see it. All right, on to the 4K, which is another universal. What do you think, Lady Finn? Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Completely crystal clear. If I had to mention a negative in video, I would say that the blacks are not always as dark as they can be. That's exactly what I picked on Lady Phantom. The black levels were not up the snuff on this disc, but this is a stellar looking disc. I know. Oh my yes. God, there's some landscape sun coming over to yeah. rock scenes and things that you want to take a picture and put on your wall. I know. I didn't mention that but the cinematography in this movie is so incredible. Yep. They yeah, knew, for uh, a desolate place, there's so much to look at. It's beautiful. Yeah, and they know that, I mean, in the, in the, that goes to the camera work, of course, and the cinematography, but like they show this shots in which the sun is right in front of you, but they know how to do it very, very beautifully. And you see flares, but these are the kinds of flares that I love to watch because they show the color and this and that. And then there were a couple of scenes in the wide angles, landscapes that you even said, oh my gosh, it was like so incredibly beautiful. And of course, because of the, of the kind of landscape that we have, there is not a lot of popping color, but when there is color, it shows. Oh, yeah. This oh, is HDR goodness. at full utilization. And this is not Dolby Vision. This is HDR 10. Yes. But HDR is used throughout this film, bringing in a vibrancy like none other. I mean, you're dealing with dirt and rocks, whites and browns and yellows. And wounds. Yes. And no, it doesn't pop off the screen. There's a couple explosions that do. This movie ain't about this. This is just about the richness and detail of the color. It's amazing. And the contrast. I mean, it's excellent it contrast. It doesn't rival Hacksaw Ridge. No. 
because there's a lot of great black level in Hacksaw Ridge at yes. night and stuff. But it looks incredible. Like, don't watch this on any other format. It would be a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> to this and movie. there are a few times when I saw that the black levels were okay. But actually, it's funny because it starts when, when the movie just starts. It starts with a black screen and it's not black. It's just very, very dark gray. And I'm like, really? Are we starting like this? But no, I mean, at some points it does get better. And, it, and, the, and the contrast is beautiful. Yeah, and I was kind of worried when this one started because this starts out with pictures and photographs and old TV shows playing. And there's a lot of snow because of how they did it and grain and stuff. Yeah, it's like just, It's like flashback scenes or what happened before and it's real footage it's like real footage said. of these people yeah and we're like oh universal i got a little worried but then the movie no, started was, and then it's universal i wasn't worried at all because well, it was, i was worried about the creator's content no 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 i this. wasn't because it was very clear to me that it was actual footage and i mean if the actual footage comes from uh i don't know vhs or tv show that was on, on TV at the time, they just cannot help it, you know, and it helps to put you but remember, in perspective. remember, Lady Phantom, this wasn't that old. This happened in, what, 2005? Five. Yeah, so this is, you shouldn't be seeing grainy TV shows in 2005. Well, I don't know. The point is that it was very clear to me that well, it, that this was, was not the movie. I was worried. I was a little hesitant nah, when the movie started. But it's a great visually appealing disc. And the wounds and the faces and detail is out of this world great. It's just the black level. Yeah. And I was I was thinking very quickly that you your fears must have been soothed immediately because right after this footage we go to a to a landscape and it's a wide pane. And you can see like like darkness and then just a strip of ground illuminated and growing and growing and it looked amazing and i was like okay yeah this <laughs> peter bird knows how to film i can tell you that. oh yes with lights and i mean who knows how many shots he took so editing has to be involved here too but he knows how to move the camera and light an area and this was all filmed in new mexico by the way too oh really wow and it looked like Afghanistan, which it, there might be parts that actually do because New Mexico is very rocky mountain. Yeah, and deserty and everything. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sound, it's in DTSX, which is the at most equivalent here. DTS always has better bass for some reason. The bass kicks butt in this movie. Oh, yeah. When the, the helicopters, like they yes. are like going down well, or up or something. No, 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 no. And, the, and it just rumbles. Of rifles and explosions like dts really pumps up the bass in their movies i noticed that's a running trend i've noticed since this podcast like if you want the best bass usually it's going to be a dts x track or dts even 5.1 but problem here lady phantom Where's the overheads in this movie? This has more surrounds in the action scenes and that I thought were actually misleading. Misleading? 
Yes, because everybody is in front of them. Now you do hear echoes and stuff. They're down and ricochets and stuff. Right. But it seemed to me a lot of times, I don't know, maybe you wasn't paying attention because you was more into the movie, but it seemed to me a lot of times that gunfire was coming from behind them. And then there is a scene or two where that does happen, but mostly their enemies are in front of them and I'm still hearing firing from behind and there was nobody behind them. Well, um, I, I just took like those scenes, like, I mean, maybe one of their own was behind them and just shooting in front. But that's misleading. That's what I said. Yeah. I think it was kind of out of place. Yeah, but I also I did hear a lot of ricochet. I mean, I, it could be. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of echo and reverb and stuff yes. going on. And the and the overheads, I think I caught them once. Like when I when, didn't catch them at all. Just I, I just caught them once. Yeah, but at the surrounds. I mean, you, I mean, you say they they were misleading to you, but they really work like to make me feel like in the middle of the action because there's a really? lot of surrounds in those moments in the middle of the action yeah but see what was happening on screen didn't appear that phantom because they're all facing the enemy and you're hearing all this behind you and they're not behind you and like you said it could be the other military men shooting behind you but they're not showing you that on screen because they're just focusing up on Wahlberg or Foster or something. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you are not hearing the, like, I don't know, ricochets or shots behind you, that means that all of them are getting to their target and you don't want that, right? And plus, they, I mean, they were missing a lot. So they were just shooting on rocks and trees and this and that. So I don't fault it for that. I okay, thought it was I fine. I just thought it was misleading. Like I said, the overheads are so many helicopters in this movie. I and know, none so of it many comes missed opportunities. So front heavy. And I mean, there is stereo separation. It shifts from right to left. But so not what I was expecting, actually. Yeah, those were missed opportunities because, I mean, even if you are supposed to be in the hel in the helicopter or the helicopter is supposed to be in front of you at the moment, you know, the helix is still above you. Like, you should be able to hear that. Yeah, so it's kind of a mix. But the sound sounded great. Like, it was clear. It was reproduced well echoes reverb all that work but i just thought it wasn't accurate with what they were showing and i did not feel in this environment unlike hacksaw ridge oh well yeah where you see people around you getting stabbed and stuff and it's coming from behind and you're like bending over your shoulder not at all did this happen to me in this movie yeah that's that's right that's okay, right. what special features we have on the Blu-ray? Will of the Warrior, bringing the story to light, recreating the firefight, learning the basics, the fallen heroes of Operation Red Wings, and the Pashtun Code of Life. All right, Lady Phantom, this is the time. What is your grade and recommendation? I think this movie deserves a B+. I don't think... It is like demo worthy material, but it's just below it, mainly because, you know, the sound, the uh, overheads and everything. And uh, but I think it's it's an excellent disc. 
I do think it's an excellent. Disc. I had the exact same. I was teetering with the A minus and B plus. It just looks so good. You know, Phantom, it's so hard. Like, I want you out there to be aware that A grade, I know we've said it before, that is the best of the best. The ones you got to put in the show, everybody. I would not hesitate you putting showing anybody this movie. Uh It looks so good. It looks amazing. There is some scenes you can go to and people's jaw would drop in this movie yes but the black levels just don't reach true black so that cannot be a demo disc for me i can even live with the overheads not being apparent because we get this all the time i think it's a gimmick most of the time this atmos because there is a lot of surround action but it took me out a little bit the surround action it just seemed off for some reason but yeah, it just don't get the best of the best that's available. B plus, absolutely worthy. Don't see this on any other format. That would hurt me. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> because it looks so good. Like, I mean, I would not want to see this movie on Blu-ray or DVD. I don't oh, care no. it's up converted because it's so detailed and crisp and vibrant. Yeah. And it's funny, Phantom. This could have been one of the first ones that made our demo worthy without having a lot of pop. It could have did that if just the blacks were a little darker in these scenes. Yeah. And there's not a lot of nighttime scenes in this movie, funnily enough. No. Most of it happens in bright sunlight. Yeah, that's true. You know, so get us out of here. All right, everyone. Please go to BillShetty.com. And sign that guest book and tell us what you think, your recommendations, suggestions, requests, you know, the whole thing. Please follow me on Twitter at LadyPhantom74. And of course, on BillShetty.com, you have all the links to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And our links to Letterboxd are there too. Thank you, LaMarcus, for sending in another request. I am glad I seen this movie, a really good movie. You are going to totally enjoy it. And don't hesitate on buying this disc. All right. I'm Bill Shetty. Co-host was Lady Phantom. We'll catch you on the next Movies in 4K. Movies in 4K.